When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Guess what? Bitcoin just recaptured 45,000. We now have 50,000 Bitcoin price action in play. Send it and let's get it. In today's show, I'll be breaking down the latest technical analysis and quoting the high priest Bitcoin, Max Kaiser. Bitcoin ETF equilibrium sorted 50,000 in the bag. New all-time high this quarter with 220,000 per Bitcoin in play. Send it and let's get it. Also, legendary investor Paul Tudor Jones, who is worth $8.1 billion and pioneered the Wall Street hedge fund industry, says, I think Bitcoin takes on a larger percentage of your portfolio. I like Bitcoin. Also be sharing the latest updates from Plan B, creator of the Bitcoin stock to flow model. Now that we only have 68, 69 days left until Bitcoin having 2024, we'll also be discussing the big volume day for BlackRock as Bitcoin ETFs notch that $1 billion dollar volume milestone. We'll also be discussing an Ethereum ETF with Cash Creates ad staking. I'll be sharing the latest updates from ARK 21 shares with their spot Ether ETF application. As well as breaking news, Craig Wright attacks his own witness for exposing that his documents are forgeries. Things that make you go, hmm. Also, speaking of forgeries, Sam Bankman-Fried, I'll be sharing his latest updates with his trial, which is going to be beginning here soon for his sentencing. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market and sharing with you a $200,000 Bitcoin price prediction from an analyst who called the top in the previous cycle. Also be doing a lot more, a lot to cover, lots of excitement in the market. So make some noise and let's get it shall we? Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts. Now, today is pod episode number 1545. I'm your host, JV, and today is February 8th, 2024. We're going to kick it off with our market watch as we do each and every day. You can see Bitcoin up roughly 4% on the day. So congrats to all my Bitcoin hodlers. We're now back above 45,000 and 50,000 is in play. The local top for the past two years is roughly the 49,000 level we touched upon roughly two weeks ago. And if we can break 49, then 50 is the next lot psychological resistance we will smash before entering 69,000 and re-entering price discovery mode, which I believe we're going to hit this year. Will it happen pre-having? 
I don't know. I'd love to see that, but I'm pretty confident post-having we're going to be in new price discovery territory. What are your thoughts? You can see Ether also in the green, trading just shy of 2,500. Solana, big gainer up 5%. Cardano up 7%. But the crypto that stole the show today is Block Stacks up roughly 18% on the daily. And checking out coinmarketcap.com. Let's get a refresh for the latest data. We're currently sitting at 1.72 trillion market cap. The volume is way up. Of, of roughly 37% on the day, trading at 61 billion. And the Bitcoin dominance is on the rise at 51.5%, with the Ether dominance also on the rise at 17% even. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past 24 hours, we have Dimension up 29% on the day and almost 100% on the week. BitTorrent up 29%, and Blockstacks up 16%. Below that, Celestia, Ordi, Caspa, eCash, and Cardano. Now, which altcoins are you most bullish on for this bull run? Let me know your thoughts family in the comments and later I'll read those comments out loud and checking out the crypto bubbles to get a visual perspective of the market on the day. You can see virtually everything pumping in in the green because the rising tide rises all ships. So only a handful even in the red, including Monero and Pendle, but virtually everything else is up. And zooming out on the monthly to get a broader perspective, we do have some impressive gainers, some even up over 100%. But overall for the month, I'd say the majority of the alts are still in the red. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, we're currently rated at 66 greed. Yesterday is 62, last week is 63, and last month a 76. And greed, which I think is about as high as it's been in an extremely long time. And checking out the Bitcoin halving countdown clock. There's only 69 days. Happy 69 family. Until the biggest event that occurs every four years in the crypto sphere, and that's the Bitcoin halving. Can you say parabolic rise, new all-time highs? Let's get it. The scheduled estimated halving date is April 17th, literally just two months and nine days out. If you're pretty ecstatic for that, Holla at your boy and let me know. But anyways, fam, we have a lot to cover. So let's dive into today's Bitcoin technical analysis. Check out the charts where the Bitcoin price action is likely to go next. The headline here reads. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place. Like Texas, you've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after you can unwind using their free high speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Bitcoin price nears 45.5 as the altcoins tease of a historic breakout. That's right. As you can see in the Bitcoin one-day chart here, Bitcoin neared 45.5 after the February 8th Wall Street Open as bullish continuation brought the highest Bitcoin price levels in a month. Data from TradingView tracked ongoing strength in Bitcoin, which built on the previous day's gains. Bitcoin was up 2.5% on the day and is currently up closer to 5% at the time of the recording. Uh, concerns have centered on the role of leveraged traders and sparking the upside with open interest increasing by nearly $1 billion in less than 24 hours on Bitcoin alone. And despite this, the market looked eager to recoup more of the ground lost during the descent from two-year highs of 49,000 on January 11th. And as SKU Analytics shares here, Bitcoin, interesting, this will bring volatility one way or another. MMs have the option to pin the price and milk everyone or support an expansive move. And a close on the day above 45,000, and this goes a lot higher. Patience remains the name of the game. And uh, also Credible Crypto focused on the lack of impact that sellers were having on the market, uh, quoting him here, all signs pointing to overly aggressive shorts that are failing to have much of an effect on the price, more of the same. Funding pushed back up only to be forced right back down as uh, 
what is this called? Open leveraged uh, continues to rise and spot uh, premium increases, all signs pointing to overly aggressive shorts that are failing to have much effect on the price, continuing the squeeze, please. That's right. Now, uh, let me know if you agree or disagree with the analysts. We also have Trader Bagsy, who suggests that those who sold Bitcoin at the launch of the U.S. spot ETF last month would now be seeking re-entry. Bring it. Zooming out, and we have TED Talks Crypto, highlighting 43.8 as an important level to hold in the event of the Bitcoin price retracement. So look at that as the line in the sand, and count your blessings, because right now we're still above 45. Uh, and quoting uh, the analysts here, ultimately, if we were bullish, I don't think 41.8 to 42 should be tested again or we should lose that level. And uh, as far as the altcoin price action, it is heating up. The alts are making some big moves, and I'm not going to really focus here. But nonetheless, I mean, a rise in tide rises all ships. And Max Kaiser tweeted, Bitcoin ETF equilibrium has been sorted. 50,000 Gs in the bag. New all-time high this quarter with 220,000 in play. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the high priest. And Paul Tudor Jones, worth $8.1 billion and pioneered the Wall Street hedge fund industry, says, I think Bitcoin takes on a large larger percentage of your portfolio. I like Bitcoin. And more recently, Kathy Wood is suggesting allocating roughly 20% of your investments portfolio into Bitcoin. And uh, yeah, so you already know. And quoting plan B, realized prices are all increasing and Bitcoin is above them all equals bullish. Also 5 million realized price currently at 40,000 acts like a floor for the dips in bull market as you can see in the red arrows. So never again below 40,000. What are your thoughts? And as you noticed, I shared on the show maybe a couple of weeks ago, he said never again below 31. And as we continue to ascend, he's saying maybe never lower than 40. It's like 40 is the what used to be 20 in the previous cycles. When we hit that peak, what are your thoughts? Is this the new floor? And with that being shared, let's dive into the latest with BlackRock. The headline reads, big volume day for BlackRock as Bitcoin ETFs notch $1 billion in volume. That's right, the total daily Trading volume for spot Bitcoin ETFs topped a billion dollars February 7th with BlackRock leading the pack. Bloomberg intelligence analyst James Safart, can you say Safart, described it as a big volume day for BlackRock's iShares Bitcoin Trust, which saw a daily trading volume of 341 million, eclipsing Grayscale's Bitcoin Trust of 296 million in volume, according to Safart. Meanwhile, Fidelity's FBTC fund came in third with 200 million in volume, and the remaining seven funds had 188 million in daily volume, bringing the total for the day to more than a billion dollars. Safart, however, commented that crossing 1 billion isn't that big of a deal for Bitcoin ETFs as it's a tick up from the recent days, but still far below the first couple of weeks of trading as he outlines right here. Let me know if you agree or disagree with safe art. Meanwhile, inflows into spot Bitcoin ETFs have continued to outpace the bleeding from GBTC for the ninth day in a row, which is definitely a good sign. Hence, probably why we're pumping so much. And according to preliminary data from Farside, GBTC notched 81 million of outflows February 7th, while the other nine spot Bitcoin ETFs brought in 226 million of inflows, bringing net flows to 145 million. BlackRock saw an inflow of 56 million, while Fidelity's fund increased by 130 million. And Bitwise's inflows were 21 million. And on February 8th, which is today, investor and author Fred Krueger observed that the combined Bitcoin holdings of the newly launched nine ETFs were about to exceed those of the largest corporate holder of 
uh, MicroStrategy, who was also the first publicly traded company to put Bitcoin on the balance sheet. DTF funds hold around 187,000 Bitcoin as of February 7th. That's kind of scary considering it took roughly one month for them to accumulate almost 200,000 Bitcoin, whereas MicroStrategy holds 190,000 coins after snapping up yet another 850 Bitcoin in January as they shared in their earnings report just the other day, increasing its total holdings to a value of more than $8 billion. So you already know, Sailor is laughing all the way to the bank. The ETFs are eating the world, they ate every other asset class, and they are having Bitcoin for dessert Preach. And also quoting Matt Hoogan, Fidelity has 1% to 3% Bitcoin allocation in their all-in-one asset allocation funds in Canada. Using spot Bitcoin ETFs, the conservative version is posted below. And uh, when and if this becomes the norm for portfolios for the United States, wow. So let's get it and let's continue to be wowed because again, uh, we're only two months away from the halving. And trust me, you're going to be saying wow virtually every day when we re-enter price discovery mode. 45.2, let's go. We're up $1,600 on the day. So shout out to all my Bitcoin hodlers. If you're a whole coiner, you're up $1,600 on the day. You got to love that. But anyways, we discussed the latest with BlackRock. Let's discuss the latest with ARK Invest and their Ethereum ETF. The headline reads, Ethereum ETF with cash crates add staking. That's right. ARK21 shares has amended its spot Ether exchange traded fund app to adopt cash creation model similar to its approved spot Bitcoin ETF and has also floated plans to stake a portion of the ETF's Ether to generate additional income. In December 2023, ARK21 shares and BlackRock were amongst the first issuers to convert their spot Bitcoin ETF to a cash creation and redemption model. Following back and forth meetings with the US SEC, ARK21 shares initially proposed an in-kind redemption model for their spot Ether ETF, which also implies non-monetary payments such as BTC. And under the cash creates model, ARK21 shares would purchase Ether equivalent to the order amount and deposit the resulting Ether in the trust account with the custodian. Shares of the spot Ether ETF are then created. Bloomberg ETF analyst Eric Balchuna said the changes detailed in its latest Form 1 S1 amendment filed on February 7th now bring it in line with the approved spot Bitcoin ETFs as he outlines right here on crypto Twitter. The Kathy Wood-led firm Shout out to Kathy Wood. I know my broskies here are big fans. <laughs> Acknowledge the cash crates model may adversely affect or, yeah, their arbitrage uh, transactions by authorized participants intended to keep the share price closely linked to Ether. The uh, Ethereum or ETF issuer's latest S1 filing also proposes adding a staking element to the spot Ether ETF, quoting them here, the sponsor may, from time to time, stake a portion of the trust's assets through one or more of the trusted third-party staking providers. Now, ARC21 shares said it would expect to stake Ether from the trust's cold vault balance and that the trust would receive staking rewards treated as an income as a result. Now, ARC21 shares acknowledge staking activity comes with risks, such as losing ETH via slashing, and that staked ETH would, in some instances, be locked up for extended periods of time. Finance lawyer Scott Johnson noted that staking-related paragraphs were put in brackets, explaining that it is often, this means the applicant would ideally like to add it and is open to having a conversation with the regulator about it. So there you have it. Now, meanwhile, Bloomberg ETF analyst James Seyfart said his base case is that the SEC won't allow staking as part of their spot Ether ETFs, but time will tell. Now, would staking ultimately deem Ethereum as an unregistered security versus a commodity? Because at this current time frame, uh, Bitcoin is the only cryptocurrency that got the green light to be deemed 
a commodity. So I'd love to know your thoughts. Now, say fart, fellow Bloomberg ETF analyst Eric Balchunas recently lowered the odds of a spot E3 ETF approval in 2024 from 70% to 60% on January 30th. The US SEC must decide on VanX app by May 23rd, on ARC 21 shares by May 24th, and Hashdex by May 30th, as well as Grayscale by June 18th, and Invesco by July 5th. Fidelity and BlackRock's applications must be decided by August 3rd and August 7th. SafeFart expects a decision to be made on all applicants by May 23rd, similar to how the U.S. securities regulator made a decision on all the spot Bitcoin ETFs on January 10th. So there you have it. Crypto fam. Let's dive into our next story of the day, family. We discussed the latest with the ARK Ether ETF. Now let's discuss the latest with Craig Wright. Uh, the headline here is actually quite funny. Craig Wright attacks his own witness <laughs> for exposing that his documents are forgeries. That's right. The self-proclaimed Bitcoin inventor, Mr. Fake Toshi, grew flustered during cross-examination on Wednesday as prosecutors mounted evidence disputing his identity as Satoshi. The computer scientist stands accused for forging multiple documents to give credence to his false narrative, which expert witnesses, including his own, have now agreed were likely tampered with. Not a good look when your own expert witness is accusing you of forgery. Well, we all knew he was Fake Toshi from the beginning, right? Wright began the day uh, bemoaning the incompetencies of the experts who found his prior evidence to be forgeries. Dr. Plax, for example, a digital forensic expert with qualifications going back 20 years, he deemed unqualified due to his lack of related PhD or experience in a virtualized environment. And according to Wright's own words, Plax was an expert hired by his previous lawyers. When asked about another expert, Spencer Lynch Wright said that he doesn't even meet the basic level of the U.S. government's forensic frameworks and so isn't qualified. Wright also claimed that Lynch had been hired by one of his previous lawyers, Travis Smith, forcing the defendant to dismiss the latter. However, this claim was objected to by Wright's own current lawyer, Shoe Smith, who said they introduced Lynch. Wright then agreed. Now, onlookers found Wright's competing claims with his personal witness witnesses and lawyers to be alarming. So like Craig just lied about that, wrote Annet uh, Bitsoin to the BSV sure Reddit, uh, a subreddit on Wednesday. It's not even just he didn't ex uh, change experts. He changed the story about who hired the experts. Now, Wright gets flustered as the trial continued. Prosecutors from the Crypto Open Patent Alliance, better known as COPA, president, uh, presented a flurry of Bitcoin-related documents supposedly produced by Wright before 2008 when the original Bitcoin white paper was published. They identified evidence of forgery for each, <laughs> ranging from altered metadata to the use of fonts that weren't available at the time they were purportedly written. Can you say fake Toshi? In one case, COPA produced factory evidence that one of the notepads used to write one such document was not available until 2012. Wright insisted that the witness from the notepad producer was wrong. Craig stated and started to raise his voice more and more. Seems rattled. Judge Mellor does not seem impressed, said Huddle Not, a trial spectator who previously been sued by Wright in a post which he shared on X. So all very interesting. I'll be keeping you posted with the latest developments, but we all knew he was fake Toshi from the beginning. And uh, let's dive into our next story of the day. We discussed the latest with fake Toshi, aka Craig Wright. Now let's discuss some updates regarding another fraudster by the name of Sam 
Bankman-Fried, and then we'll dive into our $200,000 Bitcoin price prediction. Please pump the likes to help pump the stream. Greatly appreciate it. Headline reads, Sam Bankman-Fried to return to court for hearing over legal representation. That's right. For one of the first times since the conclusion of his first criminal trial, former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried will appear before a judge to address potential conflicts of interest inside his legal team. In a February 7th filing with the U.S. District Court for the Southern District in New York, Judge Lewis Kaplan ordered Bankman-Fried to appear in person on February 21st for a Curcio hearing over concerns about lawyer Mark Mukasi and Tori Young. And according to the New York-based Blanche law firm doing a hearing. The judge may ask the defendant, in this case, SBF, questions about his legal representation and if he was informed about any potential conflicts of interest. The hearing stemmed from a letter written by U.S. prosecutors February 6th, raising concerns about Mukasi and Young, who filed notices of appearances in both SBF and former CEO Alex Mashinsky's cases. Interesting. And according to prosecutors, Celsius lent money to FTX's sister company, Alameda Research. Mashinsky partially blamed the firm's collapse on SBF's actions, matters that could uh, present a contrary position at trial and during either former crypto CEO's sentencing. Judges in the respective courtrooms could question Bankman Fried and Mashinsky on whether they wish to waive their rights to conflict free representation. And at this time, no notice of similar hearing was filed for Mashinsky's case. The former Celsius CEO criminal trial is scheduled to begin in September. Now, Bankman-Fried, once the CEO of the, one of the largest exchanges in the world, FTX, was arrested in the Bahamas after the collapse of FTX November 2022 and extradited to the U.S. and charged with multiple felony accounts related to the misuse of funds between the firm and Alameda. He was set to face 12 charges spread over two criminal trials in October 2023 and March of 2024. And I did read and cover and report that six of those uh, charges were mysteriously dropped Interesting, right? Then the first uh, trial, a jury convicted the former FTX CEO of seven felony counts with a sentencing hearing scheduled for March 28th. Reports suggest SBF may not face a second trial in March given the prior conviction. And since his conviction, SBS has been housed at the Brooklyn Metropolitan Detention Center and largely absent from the courtrooms as his lawyers continue to address motions, requesting delays in proceedings. Information, Finside, SBF's jail is limited, but reports suggest that the former CEO may have traded packets of mackerel, which is a form of fish, for services rather than cryptocurrency. That's right. He's in a jail cell slanging fish as a new form of currency. Crazy, right? How do you think this will likely play out? Do you think he'll get all charges dropped some mysterious way, considering he donated so much money to the Democratic Party and you had even Maxine Waters blowing kisses to him, for Christ's sake? We love you, Sam. Who does that, right? So makes you wonder. I mean, Biden theoretically has the power to pardon anybody. He could have pardoned uh, Edward Snowden or any of the heroes of our time. Uh, however, uh, if he does pardon someone, it probably would be a criminal like SBF because they're on the same team. I actually heard that SBF was one of the largest, if not the largest, donator to the Biden Democratic Party. So 
goes to show you how corrupt and crooked these mofos are. But anyways, fam, pump the likes to pump the stream. And let's tap into our featured story of the day. Bitcoin to reach 200,000 per coin, according to top crypto analyst, Dave the Wave. Here's his timeline. Here's his outlook. And shout out to Bridget Netter. I appreciate you subbing to the number one daily Bitcoin pod. Let's go. Here we go. The trader who accurately called the crypto market crash of 2021 is predicting the Bitcoin will soar to a massive value in 2025. Synonymous analyst Dave DeWave tells his followers on X the Bitcoin could come close to the $200,000 level in less than two years. Quoting him here alongside the chart, Bitcoin just shy of $200,000 per coin in 2025 based on this prediction. Let me know if you feel that could be a very realistic target. Me personally, I've already told you my thoughts. I pretty much repeat myself each and every day. I can see the cycle peak also occurring in 2025. I think that's the most likely scenario because every previous halving, we've hit the cycle peak the year preceding the halving. The first halving in 2012, we hit the cycle peak in 2013. The second halving in 2016, we hit the cycle peak in 2017. You remember it was roughly 20,000. Then in 2020, the following year in 2021, we hit the cycle peak, which is the current all-time high back on November 10th of 2021 at 69,000. So if history is to rhyme, I'm anticipating a cycle peak as well in 2025. However, I believe that 200,000 is bearish, hence why 220,000 level would be my bearish scenario. My optimistic bullish scenario would be $500,000 per coin, and in a little bit, I'll tell you why I think that could realistically happen. Anyways, Dave the Wave estimates that the Bitcoin log monthly moving average convergence divergence, known as the LMACD, a long-term momentum indicator, as well as the Fibonacci extension levels, will keep track of potential areas of support and resistance. And looking at his chart, the trader suggests that the LMACD indicator is showing Bitcoin has reached a market bottom and is in an uptrend that will reach nearly $200,000 by October of 2025. Now, I want to know your thoughts in the live chat family. Do you think we will hit the cycle peak this year in 2024, or do you think it's more likely to occur in 2025? And what are your thoughts on hitting this target that the analyst is predicting of $200,000 per coin? Holla at your boy. That's roughly, what, a 4X from the current price action? The trader also used his version of the log curves, LGC, which aims to forecast the Bitcoin market cycle highs and lows while filtering out the short-term volatility, as he shares here. Bitcoin solid and sideward within the range so far. Now, according to the trader's chart, the LGC support levels could be tested at the longer term end of the channel near 30,000 or potentially 38,000 if its shorter ascending channel stays intact. The trader believes that the log chart accurately provides a longer term view of the Bitcoin price action. As he shares here, it is really astounding the effect and time that has on our perceptions. Just three years ago, the current Bitcoin price in the 40,000 range was blowing everyone's mind, where today it is thought all a bit Passe. Now, this has something, I think, to do with time preference, where those with a high time preference are very much focused on the present, present-minded, while those with the low on the future, a more elastic frame of mind. So there you have it, my crypto fam. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the crypto analyst and his $200,000 Bitcoin price prediction. Now back to JV's prediction. Why am I optimistic that we can see a bullish scenario for this cycle peak in 2025? There's so many bullish catalysts. I'm going to touch upon some of them. Bitcoin halving is going to occur in roughly two months. The biggest catalyst in the crypto sphere, which only occurs every four years. What's different this cycle that we didn't have previous cycle? The obvious 
is the institutional FOMO. That's right. Institutions right now are currently accumulating and buying up 10 times the current daily supply of Bitcoin. After the halving, when the minor rewards get slashed in half like a samurai, you already know what's going to happen. That's going to double to 20x the supply just from the ETFs purchasing it up. You know what I mean? So this is going to lead to a supply shock. They say there's probably less than 2 million Bitcoin even available on the exchanges right now. Then what happens when you add into the mix the MicroStrategies and their plan is to accumulate 5% of the circulating supply, which means MicroStrategy is looking to accumulate another 1 million Bitcoin. They only have 200,000 right now. They own roughly 1% of the circulating Bitcoin supply. And if you take into the account all the Bitcoin lost and gone forever, MicroStrategy really holds 1.25%-ish of the circulating Bitcoin supply. And I covered down that math yesterday on the podcast. Now, besides MicroStrategy, that's just one company. There's a lot of publicly traded company. We have billionaires. We have Tim Drapers. We have Ricardo Salinas. We have freaking Max Kaiser. We have Kathy Wood. They're all accumulating like it ain't no thing. Just Fidelity and BlackRock, some of the largest asset managers in the world, just those two collectively already hold 140,000 Bitcoin. All the ETFs within their first month already collectively hold over 180,000 Bitcoin. And that's not even taken into consideration. Sovereign Wealth Fund Adoption, I've shared on the pod, there is a, a the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia looking to get into Bitcoin. They're already doing business with the largest bank in Japan, along with the, the largest oil company in the world, looking to get into digital assets. We also have the uh, Qatar looking to convert potentially a half a trillion dollar sovereign wealth fund into Bitcoin. And we also have nation state adoption. There are many nations which can potentially adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender this year in 2024, following in the footsteps of Najib Bokele. We also have game theory playing out in real time. We have Hong Kong on the verge of launching their first spot Bitcoin ETF. They already have their first applicant. We also have uh, the beautiful nation of El Salvador looking to launch a spot Bitcoin ETF. And there's probably other nations we're not even thinking about that are probably going to do the same, potentially in the Middle East. I can see an ETF coming out of there, potentially Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. The list goes on and on. You now have the BRICS movement, which is the de-dollarization away from the dollar. And it's doubling and growing bigger and bigger by the week. We now have in that, you have Iran, you now have the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, you have Egypt, all joined the BRICS alliance more recently. So this is a pretty big deal. There are so many bullish catalysts that exist now that did not exist the previous halvings, right? That's why I'm so bullish. And I think we can potentially hit that bullish target of $500,000 per coin. But let me know your thoughts, fam, in the live chat. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in our live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. HODL.